Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast, and today I hope you hear this conversation with Blair Kim. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast, and we have another great guest with us today. If you haven't listened to uh, David Kim's episode, um, I don't, I don't know that you necessarily need to go back and listen, but. Uh, there's a saying, behind every great man, there is a greater woman. And this is the greater woman behind uh, David Kim. So w- welcome, please welcome Blair Kim to the podcast. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. I'm a little bit nervous, but thanks for having me, David. Yeah, there's no need to be nervous. This is just <laughs> a friendly, awesome conversation we're going to have. Um, and I'm really excited to have you on because I- I've actually really wanted you on for a long time. Oh, really? That's surprising. Um, I just, because you're a very articulate person, um, I think you have a gift about, you know, expressing your thoughts Mm -hmm. in work. Um, So I really appreciated that about you, Um, especially when you prayed, you know, uh, like during all those like servants network meetings and all that. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I I appreciate the encouragement. It's really great. Has no one told you this before? Um, No, I mean, people definitely have encouraged me in the past, Mm. um, but uh, my life has shifted a lot in the last couple of years. And I think uh, for you to say that to me today um, is just a reminder of uh, a lot of things about my life. Mm. So thank you. Oh, yeah, of course. No problem. So um, I I was thinking that we would kind of do something similar um, with David's podcast, where we just kind of talk through your life, okay. figure out how you got to where you are. And there are really interesting things in between that I'm, I personally um, really want to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, so first, where were you born? Were you born in LA or? Yes, I was actually born in Anaheim. Oh. Uh, my parents immigrated to the States when they were 10 and 11 years old. So they met in college. And so my parents are pretty much uh, 1.5, maybe even almost second generation Hmm. Koreans. And uh, so I grew up in a household where we spoke English and culturally my parents are pretty American as well. So can I ask you then, why are you so good at Korean? Because that's (laughs) it sounds because I'm sure when you when you were growing up, your parents primarily spoke English. English, Yes. Um, I'm not good at Korean. I just get by conversationally. And actually, a lot of my Korean is um, from college. I joined a Korean campus ministry Mm. in California. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends were mainly Korean speakers. So yeah, I don't know how that oh, happened, I but see. wow, yes, it's crazy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and um, tr- I went, I grew up going to Korean church too. Mm, so, mm. Yeah. so you kind of always had Korean a little bit in the background, at least. Definitely, yes. I see. Wow, wow. Okay, wait. So, wait. One other question. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anaheim. Did mm-hmm. you go to Disneyland a lot? No, I didn't. Oh, I moved. I left Anaheim when I was uh, four years old, uh, and that's when I moved to Georgia. So I maybe went like once or twice. Mm. Um, my prob- my parents probably didn't want to take me, thinking I wouldn't remember anything. Right. But yes, I went. I've gone since then though, mm-hmm. several times. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> yeah, because I actually grew up in L.A. in Torrance. Yeah, you know, I didn't know that. Oh, about they, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, from six to twelve and. We would always. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, six years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My enti- the entirety of my elementary school was 
in LA. Oh, yeah. Torrance. All yeah. right. So we, we used to drive to Anaheim, I think, almost every summer. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Oh, so you went to Disneyland a lot. Then. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we went to like Vegas a lot because my like Disneyland for, was for us. Vegas was for my dad. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Sorry, but continue. Um, yes. So, yeah. I was born in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. I lived there until I was four years old. And uh, then my parents found found out they wanted to leave California because they were scared of all the earthquakes that were happening during mm-hmm. that time. Uh, so we, my parents found a business in Atlanta. Uh, it was a, I think it was, it was alterations. It was alterations. Okay. My mom uh studied fashion design so that was her background so she came here and she bought a business and then uh we fought my dad and i followed and we Mm. came that's how we ended up in georgia oh wow yes wow earthquakes i'm trying to think if there was was there a big earthquake that happened so there were several actually uh i think i want to say like 92 91 90 don't quote me on Mm -hmm. this i just it was around like when i was two three years old mm-hmm. we, there were, we ex- experienced maybe three or four wow. that were pretty big enough to scare my parents and uh, to think that yeah i think we shouldn't live here hmm. yeah. I see. there may have been other reasons but right that's the main reason yeah yeah no no because uh i think there was one big earthquake right before our family got there mm. and uh, we moved to la when i was five or six okay so the time frame kind of works out yeah, yeah definitely but but the funny thing is since i when i lived in torrance at least at least in torrance there was maybe one kind of mild earthquake the entire time that right I was there. <laughs> right yes i mean yeah. i went to college there and i didn't experience any earthquakes yeah. either so yeah and, and you actually before the podcast mentioned that because a big part of your life is uh ice skating right? oh yes uh-huh. um and you said you started at three Yes. So, so you, <laughs> you started ice skating in, in Anaheim? I did. Oh. I started ice skating in Anaheim at three. My mom just always wanted to be, I don't know if she wanted to be an ice skater, but she swore that her daughter would be an ice skater. So mm. before I could even do anything, she threw me on the ice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. I have this vivid memory of me, uh, my mom telling me for the first time that she's going to take me ice skating. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, because I had never, like, no one showed me ice skating before. There was no such thing as YouTube when Mm. I was growing up. So it's not like someone was like, you know, someone could just look it up and Mm -hmm. show it to me. So I imagined, like, small ice cubes. Because I didn't know, like, it could be a sheet of ice. So I imagined small ice cubes, like on the eye, on the ground, and then like someone asking me to walk on it. And I was, I thought my mom was crazy, but, but that was my image of it at the time. Huh. And, um, I remember it was in, it was in, uh, I want to say the Costa Mesa area. It was Southern California. Okay. Uh, the rink doesn't exist anymore, but, uh, we got there and, I remember my mom put me on the ice and she said, just go. And I just cried the entire time (laughs) clinging to the wall. Um, But uh, after that, she put me in group lessons Mm -hmm. and then we moved to Georgia Mm. when I was four. And so from age three to 
about 16, 17, mm-hmm. I competitively figure skated. Wow. Yes. So 14 years. 13, yeah, 14 years? Yes, something like that. Wow. Maybe a little bit more, actually. But yeah, like I, maybe it was past that. I can't really remember right now. But <laughs> so you, you started in, uh, in the, or I guess in Anaheim. Uh-huh. But as soon as, so was it as soon as you moved to Georgia, your mom was already like looking for a, like a new teacher and all that kind of stuff? Well, we, I grew up in East Cobb, Marietta. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and that was the only rink at the time. It was called Park Air. Oh. And then uh, it changed to the Mick, but now it's closed b- completely, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, the reason we moved to Marietta in that East Cobb area is because of that ice skating rink. Wow. Yes. Well, where was your mom's uh, alteration business? Was it? It was in Sandy Springs. Oh, wow. So she could have landed anywhere, but because of yes. ice skating, she chose. I mean, East I think Cobb. there was a good school system at mm. the time, yeah, too, yeah. but mainly it was because of the rink. Wow. Yeah, so my life for that 14, 15 years was completely all about ice skating. Mm. There was nothing else. <laughs> Do you remember that? Those like coming to Georgia and having to, you know. Yes, I, I remember bits and pieces of it. Mm. Um, I remember uh, us moving here and I remember going to the new ring for the first time, mm. uh, meeting my new coaches for the first time. Mm. Uh, yeah, I remember those things pretty clearly. Wow. Was it? Because I'm trying to think back to when I was four. I have very few memories mm. of when I was four. I was still in Korea. Nothing. Yeah, there, there's really nothing that I can pull out and say, oh, I remember this distinctly. Do you do you feel like that was, was it because it was a big transition that it left an impact? Or were you, do you just? Possibly, yes. Mm. Uh, I do I don't know. People, some people don't believe me, mm-hmm. but I do have good memories of like when I was really little. Like I know this is crazy, uh-huh. but I can remember like even images from my first birthday. Oh wow! Yes. Wow. No, I, I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. So, so maybe it's just good recall. I have no idea, mm. but yeah, I think it was a big transition in my life, mm. and definitely, without even realizing it, made a huge impact on who I am today. So yeah. Probably, probably that's why I remember. Do you feel like it was a hard transition for you? Because I, I ask because I feel like when you're like a teenager or something, mm-hmm. transitions can be really hard mm-hmm. when you lose your friends, mm-hmm. when your environment is changing. But when you're that young, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of things that you're emotionally attached to outside mm-hmm. of your family, right? Yeah, so, so I don't think the... At that time of my life, I don't think moving to a different rink and things like that or a new I didn't even start kindergarten yet. So Mm. I don't think that was a big transition. I just think as far as skating goes Mm. in my career, it it was such a humongous chunk of my life that uh, those times is is why I remember it, because Mm. it just impacted so many, so many things. Mm. And I think that it was a domino effect Mm. in a lot of the things that I do today, even uh, is why is why I feel that it's it it was really a big deal. I see. Yes. So you continue skating. Were there like leagues or or like competitions that you were a part of? Um, Yes, definitely. Uh, So Man, you're having. I have to recall uh-huh. everything now. <laughs> 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 um, so I was part of a. There's a. There's two figure skating clubs mm-hmm. currently in Georgia. Mm-hmm. 
as far as I know, the Atlanta Figure Skating Club and the Georgia Figure Skating Club. Mm. Um, I was part of the Atlanta Figure Skating Club. Mm -hmm. And this is basically, I guess, what you would call a league um, in other sports. However, it's just a a group of skaters. And uh, when you're like, that's your team. Mm. That's your team. Mm. You represent the Atlanta Figure Skating Club. Mm. When you go to competition, they'll say, please welcome Blair Kim from the Atlanta Figure Skating Club. Mm. And um, you would go to competitions in the South Atlantic region. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at the end of a season, there would be a, a large competition called regionals. Mm-hmm. And then at regionals, if you do well, you move on to sectionals. And then after sectionals is uh, nationals. And depending on your age, you'd go to junior nationals mm. or and so on. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's is it... Because uh, to me, that just sounds like a series of competitions. Mm-hmm. Is that all, all it is? Or do you, did you guys have just kind of regularly scheduled meetup times? to you know skate together or whatever oh like practice yeah i I don't know because i'm just trying to i'm just trying to imagine ice skating right me not the only in the only exposure to ice skating that i have Uh is uh, watching kim yuna right korean national yes yeah right um okay so i can explain my childhood Mm -hmm. for you (laughs) so basically um as a figure skater competitive figure skater uh, my day consisted of me waking up at five in the morning and then i would my mom would take me to practice and drop me off Uh she would go to sebekido which is dawn prayer right those that might not know that word yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then um after she dropped me off, uh, I would skate for about... So each each practice time mm-hmm. is 45 minutes. So I would skate for two sessions um, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then during that time, I would have lessons from my coaches. Right. And um, after my morning practice, I my mom would come pick me up. And then I would go get ready and go to school. Mm-hmm. And then after school, there would usually be some sort of conditioning like ballet or oh, off-ice wow. training, mm. um, which includes like um, like speed and endurance for your for like how you would train for anything, I guess. But wow. So ballet, is that for form and flexibility? Yeah, and flexibility huh. and like just, you know, a lot of the choreography stems from ballet hmm. and things like that. And um, if not, if I didn't have off ice conditioning, then I would just do one more practice ice time, and mm. then I would come home, do my homework. So, what time would it be when you when you got home? Mm. Probably like five. Wow! So you basically had twelve hour days. Yes. Wow. Yes. So, and then um, in high school, it was a little bit easier. Mm. I feel like. Um, my schedule was a little more flexible in the afternoon. I didn't like jam pack everything, mm. but elementary and middle school was a little bit tough for me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's what it kind of looks like for anyone that is doing uh, ice skating competitively. Mm. My schedule might even look like nothing. Mm. Honestly, these days, these girls are out for blood, but <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, but is, do you think ice skating is big in Atlanta? bigger than probably you would imagine Mm. yes but no not as far as like if you go to you know delaware or up north Mm -hmm. um boston 
or Michigan. Um, it's much more competitive there. Mm. Um, even uh, California has a lot of competition as well and mm. a lot of serious skaters. But um, but yeah, there is a lot of good skaters here in Atlanta too. Huh. Yes. So with ballerina, with you doing ballerina and stuff uh -huh. like that off ice, uh -huh. did you ever consider going into ballerina doing kind of the... So like, honestly, uh -huh. if I could, if I had made a decision about my life at three years old, uh -huh. I think I would have done dance. I think oh. I would have gone in. Yeah. Well, but it, would it have been a hard transition for you? Because you're already doing ballerina, right? It wouldn't have been a hard transition, mm -hmm. but I was just so... Um, so far in in the skating mm. world it was too late for me to back out I at see. that point <laughs> I see. Wow. Um, and the only reason i did was because i stopped skating was because of a injury oh mm -hmm. so th this is when you were 17 so yes. like junior senior in high yes, school yes my senior year of high school oh, wow. um i was practicing and i tore two ligaments in my left ankle um doing a, a jump oh. and um you know, at that point, my senior year of high school, I had to make a decision. I think I had to make a decision if I was going to continue to skate mm. and just really go for it. Or, and when I say go for it, I guess I mean, you know, work harder to, you know, get to a, a higher level mm. or, um, or even, you know, everyone when you're skating at that level you know your hope is nationals and the olympics right, but right. i was still really young and there was a lot of good skaters at the time mm. and um anyway so when i tore two ligaments in my ankle it took me six months to in a, i was six months in a cast mm. and then after that it took me six months to recover and wow. uh, go through physical therapy so at that point i was just like you know I'm going to go to college. I'm going to choose to um, put this behind me. And it was honestly a really bitter ending mm. for me. And um, yeah, it was really tough. Just I, a huge, you know, you spend 15 years doing one thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could go down my my soapbox of, of why my life, you know, sucked. But it, <laughs> it didn't. No, my life didn't suck. Mm. It was awesome. Um, but and I can look at it now and say, man, I don't regret any minute of it. Mm. However, at 17 years old, I was lost. You yeah. know, I completely didn't know what to do. I felt like resentment towards uh, my my family, mm. even even though they wanted what was best for me and mm. they thought they were doing what was best for me, putting in the time and the money yeah. and the effort for me to succeed. Uh, I, I thought, what in the world? Like, it was a waste of my time, right? Mm. And um, at the time, I couldn't see the bigger picture. But yes, at 17, I was like, okay, now what? Right. You know? So then at that age, when you're skating at that level of competitiveness, mm -hmm. is it a choice between going all in on ice skating or going to college? Like, you can't do both? So I think definitely not. Mm. Uh, however, I think that there was this weird pressure that I put on myself. Mm. It may have come from my parents at some point in my life. Uh, however, at that point, I think I felt like I only had two like two choices, two alternatives. Mm. And uh, definitely there are so many other choices that I could have made. Mm. However, I felt like, for again, for whatever reason in my life, I felt, oh, it's either all in or nothing at all. I and uh, that's part of my personality too. It's, <laughs> it's a curse, but uh, yes. And, and then you, 
you kind of alluded to the fact that you don't regret that happening. Mm -hmm. Do you want to kind of get into that a little bit? Sure. So let's fast forward, I guess. Um, I completely left the sport. I didn't even look back. Mm. I wanted nothing to do with it. I think I was just in a lot of hurt unknowingly, Uh. a lot of like wounds and scars that, um, you know, skating is a sport where you're based, you're judged off of being perfect, right? Mm. So you have to skate perfectly. So there were things that I think were coming up in my life and in my heart where I realized I desired perfection in everything I do. Mm. And all of this was stemming from my life as a figure skater. And um, it took my college years for me to realize that. So when I stepped away from ice skating and um, it was really good. It was a really reflective time for me. But anyhow, I completely left it behind Mm. me. And I graduated college and, um, I mean, there's so many different things that happened, (laughs) but but I graduated college with a, uh, degree in mass media arts from the university of Georgia. And I wanted to make videos and produce and direct. Mm. Uh, however, uh, my first job out of college, mm-hmm. I was editing videos and like doing what I thought I wanted, creating, you know, stories. Uh-huh. And I thought I was doing what I wanted to do, but really I hated my life. Like every single day, <laughs> like just for me, um, the environment I was in and just um, having to edit videos oh. constantly, I just was not happy. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, I made a big mistake, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I quit my job. Mm. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Right. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, God opened the door for me, actually. So, with my background in ice skating mm-hmm. and also my background in my education, uh, there was a, uh, my actually, my old coach, uh-huh. who is like almost my second mom, because uh-huh. I grew up with her for 15 years. Uh, she was a a TV director for a network called Ice Network. It no longer exists, but at the time, um, basically, it was a web streaming Mm -hmm. that when um, any national or any big competition was happening, uh, this this crew, TV crew would go Mm. and she would direct the live feed. Mm. Uh, So... um, she knew I had just graduated and she knows that I'm a hard worker. And uh, she asked me if I wanted to join this TV crew. Wow. Yeah. So it was really awesome. I was a TV uh, replay producer for Ice Network mm-hmm. for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And this consisted of me um, traveling. They would, you know, they would travel me and like I would get to produce tv and for me there was a lot of heart in it because i knew like so i know it sounds crazy but i knew like these these skaters skating at national level i knew what it took for them to get there Mm, right right. i knew it wasn't just you know all of a sudden someone snapped their fingers and they were there skating at nationals Mm. but it was my job at that point to make their you know 10 15 20 years of work look like 10 15 20 years of work Mm. and i was such a pleasure to be able to do that Mm. and such a joy for me to work with people that um also loved what they were doing Mm. 
and I could um, use what I learned, my craft, and also my experience in the skating world to be able to produce live television wow. for people to watch mm. um, internationally. And I, I really loved it. I remember sitting at the top of uh, the U.S. Championships bleachers, and no one was there yet, but people were practicing. Mm. I remember looking at all of these competitors and thinking, oh my gosh, like, this is it. You know, this was God's plan for my life. Mm. Right? If I didn't experience everything I had, uh, I would not be able to be a, a replay producer at 22, mm. um, doing this and flying all over the nation wow. uh, to be able to do this. And um, yeah, it was really eye-opening for mm. me. And I, I just realized, oh, there's always a bigger picture. Wow. And there is. There's actually even more to my story. Mm. And, um, but, but before that, yes. so just just to kind of... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's, this is really great. But uh, just to inform the ignorant like me, for replay producer, mm -hmm. so is your job kind of looking at a live event? Mm -hmm. Are you the pe person that that creates the video of the replay to play? Yes. So like Dang. in any sport that you watch, yeah. there's always replays, right? Yeah. So someone is actually in a truck watching the live feed. Uh -huh. And as the feed is going, they're telling their technicians who are, so I'm, I would be the, I'm the producer. Uh -huh. And then I have an engineer that's working the video. Mm. So I would tell them, okay, this is what you need to cut here and then stop here. And I would tell them, um, what angle I want, mm. um, from which camera. And then when the director tells me, I'll be ready to play the replays for her. Wow. Yes. Isn't that high pressure? So high pressure, but I <laughs> loved it. And like, oh. and you know, it was different because, okay, so with editing, uh -huh. So what I hated about it was you have to keep watching it over and over again. Mm, yeah. And it would drive me crazy. <laughs> and again, my perfectionism like personality would yeah. just not allow me to finish a project mm. in, in time, right? Mm. And so uh, what was great about live TV was like, even if I messed up, it was done. Right. <laughs> I couldn't do anything about it. Uh. Um, but yeah, it was... Yeah, oh, it's wow. really great. And did your when your coach reached out to you mm -hmm. about this job, did she know that that's what you had studied? Yes, she did. Oh, okay, she did because know that. oh, so you kept in contact with her even after you had stopped. Um, asking. I don't think I direct. I mean, sure, we might have texted here and there, mm. but I think more of social media actually at the time. I see. Kind of in yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I I had no idea that you did video stuff. Yes. Wow. Yes, for uh, about three years and like that actually led to other opportunities just oh. to work with uh, major league baseball too so it was really great what? yes wow. just for a short stint i know i make it sound really cool no but just <laughs> even if it's for like one occasion yeah i got to work the all-star game in phoenix one year and a few braves games here in atlanta it was really great as I, a replay producer again um or? no i was actually a production assistant at the time huh. but yeah so those kind of opportunities were really great for me and um i think just even getting to know people in the industry mm. too um was so fun mm. um but you know all that to say, mm -hmm. it's not what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember I was at a different competition. I want to say it was four continents mm -hmm. for figure skating. And I remember I had two engineers that year, which is unusual. Just the bigger the competition, the more engineers you would get. Mm. Um, but, you know... 
thankfully, you know, these engineer guys, they're, they're really old souls. You know, they've been in the business for a long time. And so there was no like competitiveness. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In, um, in the sense. And so, you know, cause I'm this young girl, right? right. Like, like does, this, does she know what she's my boss? Yeah. Like, does she know what she's doing? Yeah. Um, but there was, thankfully I worked with people that were so great and so willing to help me. Mm. Um, but I remember one year this, one of my engineers asked me like so Blair like what's the goal for you like what do you want to do like oh. do you want to like reach director or what do you want to do right mm. and it had a very sobering moment mm. and I said you know I think I just want to be a mom <laughs> wow and he said oh that's great <laughs> yeah. right and but I think too I realized oh you know what I think as much as I love this mm. Uh, maybe this is still not the life for me, mm. but I will continue just for this moment to do this. Mm. But um, yes, so it was really, that's, I'm not doing it now. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, another question I had, because this is off of uh, David's podcast. Yes. You guys were dating while you were in school, right? My last year. Your of last college. year, right? Yeah, my fifth year. So you were still dating him while you were traveling and doing all the video production stuff. Yes, yes. Oh, I see, I see, I see. And do you think was that kind of did that inform your decision to want to become a mother because you knew that you had a guy guy at home? It may or, have. Yes, probably, hmm. probably. And also, just I knew that if I wanted to continue to do what I was doing, what I was doing seriously, again, mm. I, it, uh, I have to travel quite a yeah, bit. Yeah. And, um, I knew that I wanted to be a mom for mm. a lot of my life mm. and I didn't want to be away from home. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, was it difficult on the, I mean, was it travel at such a level that it was difficult for your relationship with David at the time or? Was oh, it, no, 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 mm, not, wasn't. it wasn't to that extent. I think I was just thinking about the future when that guy asked me about it. Mm. And, you know, it is a really, you really have to want it right in anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but especially in the entertainment business, like mm. you really got to want it and uh, compromise yeah. uh, certain things and, uh, not in a bad way. I think there were just areas of my life that I wasn't willing to compromise on. Mm. And I felt like other people wanted it more than me. And I think I just wasn't willing to fight. And mm. I realized uh, that I didn't want it enough. I see. So maybe it's not for me, right? Wow. So. That's a really good skill to have, though, um, being that level of self-aware. I don't know. You I guess. So? <laughs> no, because I, I think there are a lot of people in your position that mm. would have just said, well, this is my path. Not even if they, mm. in their heart of hearts, didn't want it as much. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been very easy to just say, "Well, this is my path, and I'm just going to continue on it." Uh, I think you have a point, uh, but I also recognize that my choices in life are are luxury. Like I have luxury mm. in doing that. Mm. Uh, my parents have really done a good job of providing me everything I need in my life. Wow. And because of that, I can make choices for myself that don't really have a cost, mm. you know, and I, and I understand mm. that I live a life of luxury mm. and, um, I un- also get that there's a lot of people that don't have that same choice as me. Mm. I think if they had the opportunities that I've had, they would have fought, you know, and they would have right. put some more effort into it and just followed through. And so in that sense, 
um, I don't know if it's good, mm-hmm. but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to uh, give the other side of the perspective a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm from a very luxurious background as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think the field that I'm in now, mm-hmm. it was, I kind of just had to do it. Um, I talked about this a little bit, um, actually several times, but um, my dad declared bankruptcy in 2008. And I, it was right around the time I was graduating. Mm. And I literally just took the first job I could get. Mm-hmm. And I just went all in on it just mm-hmm. to uh, get some money so I can help out my parents, right? Yeah. And at, at the time, I, I, I guess I fought for it, even though I didn't. It's not like my passion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like looking back, I, I want to say, even if it meant a little bit of discomfort for me and my family, mm-hmm. There's a part of me that wishes I had done something else, like that I had that self-awareness to be able to say, right. let me let me try doing something else instead of just doing something that I'm kind of forced into. Yeah. Not, I mean, but I, mean, I think no. we, we have there's valid points on, on both sides, right? No, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I understand that, too. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm all about championing people, right, that that have passion mm. for something and to just go for it. And uh, again, I think there are two, like you said, two sides of the story. But I have realized that um, my self-awareness has put me in very good positions and not so good positions. So, so, but yes, I I hear what you're saying, definitely. Um, Just to go back a little bit, you talked about how you were a production assistant with the MLB. Yes. So what does a production assistant do? Basically a slave, David. <laughs> we just do everything they need us to do. Is I make it sound fancy with the word PA, but um, that's the reality. Um, yes, to get your foot in the door uh, in that world, a PA, a production assistant, is the best way to do it. And um, you have to be just nice to people. And if they ask you, to jump you ask say how high you know <laughs> and so again yeah. compromises that you're like okay but you know actually my life in ministry mm. really excelled me as a production assistant huh. because like i had no problem like some people i think they were like oh, like why do i have to do this yeah. and i understand it you have to do some really grunt work yeah. but for me i was like yeah let's do it let's go right yeah, I'm, yeah. i was ready and um <laughs> So I think that's why they kept calling me back, mm. honestly. I guess I got more jobs yeah. because I looked like I was enjoying the grunt work. <laughs> I, see, I see. But if, if you're a PA for the MLB, uh-huh. don't you kind of need sports knowledge, at least a little bit? A little. Right. Yeah, a little. And, and we, we talked a little bit because before the podcast, we, we had a short discussion. I was kind of, sh- I was shocked <laughs> just because I had zero idea. Right, right. But you're fairly into sports i hear i am i like sports uh-huh. i mean i don't know honestly the like current temperature of everything mm-hmm. just because mom life has taken me out of <laughs> a lot of things but mm-hmm. uh i really do enjoy sports yes mm. oh yeah that's yeah for for those of you guys who know blair um i don't know like there you're such a like when i think of mom like you're uh-huh, one uh-huh, of the people uh-huh. I think of, right? Oh. You're such a like mom person. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like, it, like I feel like those two images in my head are incompatible, but it's just, oh, I guess it makes sense because, you know, yes. most such a big part of your life. So I'm, I'm an only child mm. and I kind of have 
have joked that with people that my dad maybe wanted a boy <laughs> but my dad is really into sports he's very, mm. again he's um very american yeah. in his culture so uh, i watched uh, football growing up football was always on the television mm. um if it wasn't football season it was basketball season or baseball season right and um when but we we're really big football fans so when football season's on like my dad is like all right like Time to get back into life here. So, but yes. I see. I'm more into college football. Go dogs. Oh. Huh. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it's okay. I married a techie, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, then this shifts gears into kind of, um, after all of that, your entrance into kind of married life. Okay. You know, and mom life. Yes. How, how was that transition? And how, how did all that go? Sure. Um. I'm so sorry, David, no, no. but is is it okay if I share one more thing? No, no, please, please, yeah. Um, it'll transition into my married yeah. life <laughs> no, no. because it happened right before I got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of cap off this whole ice skating chapter of my life, yeah. um, I actually, so um, after I left the television world, yeah. um, I was, a, I was like 24, 23, 24, and realizing I didn't want to do that forever, I had to find something else, right? And naturally, I would go into production again. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I mentioned before, I wasn't willing to fight as much as other people, and mm-hmm. I realized editing and stuff really wasn't what I wanted to do, um, which is unfortunate because I think I if I continued to pursue it, it would have... Um, definitely giving me more open doors and opportunities in my career Mm. but um anyways so i you know like a lot of post-grads i was like okay (laughs) like now what right and um long story short i felt like the only thing in my life where i really felt passionate about and i thrived in was the investment in other people Mm. and so i even contemplated being a teacher and going back to school but um David, back then, who was my boyfriend, but my now husband, Mm -hmm. I told him and he said, that's great, honey, but you hate school. (laughs) I said, yes, (laughs) I do. I hate I I hate school. Right. Uh, Like just the studying aspect of it. So I said, "Okay, not a teacher then. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I did. I thought, what about ministry? But I also didn't want to step into that not feeling like called. Right. Like Mm. like meaning. At that point in my life, I thought I would be going into ministry just because I had nothing else to do, right? right? So I didn't want to do that. Um, So I I prayed about it more, and God reminded me of my time as a figure skater, and I reached out to the same coach that helped me get my television job, Mm -hmm. and for um, after talking to her, she suggested I go into coaching. So I thought, oh my gosh, I know nothing about it. So much has changed in the last 10 years of the sport mm. and I don't know anything. But uh, my coach, she helped me get back into the skating world. Wow. And um, not only that, um, so right before I injured myself, there are seven levels in the U.S. Figure Skating Association mm-hmm. and um, I was on the sixth level. Wow. And I quit right before i got to my seventh and so so is that kind of skills based yes yes it's skills based so um how it works is there are there are two 
two tests for each level. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, I there's like a freestyle test, which mm -hmm. is consisting of spins and jumps. Mm -hmm. And then there's something called field moves in the field. And that consists of edges and turns and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to take two tests for each level. Mm -hmm. And But no matter what test you take, if you pass for that particular test, you're considered that level. So mm -hmm. the senior level is the highest level. Mm -hmm. I quit at the junior level. Mm -hmm. um, so at... 24, I decided, okay, I'm going to learn how to be a coach. Uh, but not only that, I'm, I want to finish my seventh level. Right. Uh, and so, um, I think that's around the time I met no, you. No, yeah. Actually. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I did, I, mm. I trained, I had to get back into shape. And uh, the reason I wanted to share this was because uh, this whole process of a year of training and getting ready for this test mm. uh, was really restorative for me. Mm. Um, not just my body, right, to get back in shape, but even my relationship towards the sport mm. and even some small things with my my family and my parents uh, that I didn't know were there like these wounds that I had of like you know why didn't I do something else like uh, why did I pour everything into this sport and yeah. I have nothing to show for it but um, in that year it was really a redemptive time yeah. and um, I did pass mm. my senior level and that was uh, in February 2015, uh, I had already been engaged at that point, and I got married in June of 2015. And so uh, it was the last thing I kind of did in my single life. Mm. And uh, for me, it just made the whole experience just, um, again, God's bigger picture. Wow. And it really came into fruition. And so I... Um, I'm really thankful. I'm really mm. thankful for that time. And I'm thankful for my coach and yeah. even, you know, for my family and friends that supported me through that year. I think some of them thought, man, you are crazy because <laughs> like, why am I doing this? Right. Mm. But, uh, it was really great. So, yeah. and so after that I continued to coach mm. and, uh, which led to the next parts of God's plan for my life. Mm. So yes. do you, so are you coaching now? No, mm. after I got pregnant, mm. um, I was unable to coach, so right. I had to quit. Right. Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, let's, let's just jump <laughs> into that, that chapter. Oh, man. Okay, there's, yeah. sorry. There's a lot of stuff, no, huh? No, this is amazing. <laughs> um, so, I, so if you heard David's podcast, David and I met in college, mm. uh, my fifth year, his freshman year. And by the way, his dates were kind of off, but that's okay. <laughs> 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 but it was, you know, it's pretty much the same thing. But anyways, um, I met David just unexpectedly mm. in campus ministry. And I, like he had mentioned, I just thought of him as a friend, you know, kind of like this thing that came from Brazil. Yeah. And I was like, so like interesting, right? Yeah. Like that you would come all the way from Brazil to go to to college here yeah. at Georgia Tech. So um, we became really good friends. And, um, you know, I don't know. I can't remember what he said, but about. just about our relationship. But he, he said that at first he was just not thinking about you romantically yeah and that uh, you guys got close yes yes yeah, yeah. And yeah so kind we, of exactly we, we were just friends mm. for a while and mm. then um yeah that's exactly what happened mm. um and so you and you called him tongseng which in english 
the direct translation would be like little brother. Yes. Right? So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you guys, there's a four year age difference. Uh-huh. Was there any sort of, uh, what's the word I want to use? Stigma? I guess. <laughs> like, because uh, I'm sure when you were just getting close, it was fine. Uh-huh. But once it started kind of turning romantic, yes. was there any part of you that felt like any sort of resistance or? Mm, sure like Mm. in the beginning and i think but honestly more than like the social aspect of it Mm. it was kind of for me at that point um the previous people that i have dated Mm. they were older than me Mm. right so this was a new thing for me right right? and then also um the campus ministry that we were involved in like david had mentioned before there was a rule that you're not allowed to date Mm. um if you wanted to be in leadership Mm -hmm. and actually i my reasons for oh so i went to uc irvine for two and a half years and Mm -hmm. then i uh, transferred to the university of georgia and in my time at university of georgia i um was heavily involved in this campus ministry Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like i just was passing through it was like it had meaningful impact in my life this campus ministry so um I was more worried about that. Mm. Like, it wasn't really like socially people would like judge us. I it see. was more like, what are we going to do about this campus ministry kind of thing? Right. And uh, I, when I realized that that was the only issue, it was really a small issue, honestly. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I but, see. Okay. So, uh, and you guys were dating and you guys got married. Mm-hmm. I was at the wedding. It was a oh, beautiful yes, wedding. Yes. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. We had a, I loved my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. What didn't you? Oh, sorry, our wedding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I always get in trouble. <laughs> I say my wedding, but it's our wedding. It's okay. Yes. Uh, Shirley does it. <laughs> the grooms are usually just there. It's it's for the bride. <laughs> but didn't you? Wasn't there an issue with like bugs uh, during your photos or something? Oh my gosh! How do you remember that? I don't know. That's yes so like it was so crazy like uh-huh. um so i had this my my mom made my veil uh-huh. but it was like really really long like super duper long i don't know if anyone knows princess diana but she had a really long train at her wedding and uh-huh. so my mom dreamed of me having a long veil just like hers uh-huh. and um so it was super long but it acted as like a mosquito net oh, in the trapping the yes mosquitoes. in georgia summer right <laughs> and we're taking pictures and i'm realizing outside in these bushes like all these mosquitoes are like attaching to my veil mm. and then like david's noticing like these welts like all over my body right <laughs> and i'm like freaking out uh-huh. but it all worked out i mean uh-huh. obviously my friends like covered it up with makeup oh, and, I see. and then um i took some benadryl and it, the swelling went down mm. i think like normally benadryl makes you sleepy mm-hmm. but i think my adrenaline was so high that it didn't even affect me wow. but yes yeah. that was like one big scare because i thought i would be this big giant red ball <laughs> yeah on my wedding day but yeah so i think i remember that because on our wedding day uh-huh. it was so cold outside when we were taking pictures that surely when we finally got inside uh-huh. she was like turning purple oh my gosh yeah <gasps> and so i think it was in my mind at that moment it was wow i guess just things go wrong when right. you're taking pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, of course. Yeah. Something has to go wrong. Yeah. But it's it's good. You know, it always works out. Yeah, so. yeah. And then the wedding, I didn't notice any of the like bug bites or any of that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I think I remembered because I heard the story after the fact. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was a beautiful wedding. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, married life and, and motherhood, because that's a very big pivot mm-hmm. or a transition from, you know, your... Uh, traveling life of going to doing like video production and you know coaching and all that kind of stuff so what was that a difficult transition or or how do you feel like that went Mm. Uh, the transition from single to married life was not a big one Mm. um david and i you know we my so my family still my immediate family still lives in california so i was here on my own in georgia and Mm -hmm. david is in the same position. So right. uh, we saw each other quite a bit. And um, I think married life didn't really change that, that much. We still see each other and mm. things like that. Yeah. Um, when I got pregnant, though, yeah. I had a really terrible pregnancy. Yeah. And so that really changed my life completely because mm. <laughs> I had to, like, you know, quit a lot of things, like quit my job, mm. um, even like... Um, I had a lot of roles at church mm-hmm. too, and I just kind of had to just drop everything yeah. because I was so sick with morning sickness, if you can even call it that. I but. remember, I think for the entirety of your nine months mm-hmm. with Eli, yes, I don't think we saw you once. Yeah. yeah. With Eli, I want to say I was sick for at least like like 27 weeks or something Mm. like that. I think after the 27 weeks or something, I was feeling a little bit more social, Mm. but it was really tough for me. I want to even say at times I, I was going out of my mind, you know, (laughs) just throwing up every day and, yeah, it's really awful. But pregnancy is great and worth it. <laughs> Sorry. It's just me. Oh, and it's hereditary. So mm. don't, you know, don't take it the wrong way. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting thing, too, that I learned about you because you're an only child. Yes. And your mother is also an, an only, only child, child. Yeah. Because your grandmother had a very difficult pregnancy. Yes. Mm. Yes. So I think it definitely it's hereditary. Mm. Um, my With my second, Zoe, it wasn't as bad. Um, mm. I think I was only sick for about four and a half months mm-hmm. and i almost feel like my body was like okay like you got to get it together because i had eli too yeah. um but yeah with zoe wasn't as bad but mm-hmm. i still like kind of wanted to die because <laughs> it was awful like just throwing up i don't know if anyone so if you've experienced motion sickness mm-hmm. on the extreme end um it's like it was like that for me like mm-hmm. for nine months or four months mm-hmm. um with zoe so that's the best way i can describe it wow mm-hmm. wow so at the end of the day, you you have two kids now. Yes, <laughs> yes. And totally worth. Totally it worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. No, yes, absolutely. Uh, mm, yes. Yeah. I will say, um, with Eli just being a new mom, um, and just the trauma that I experienced during the pregnancy, mm. um, I think it was difficult for me, um, to get back on my feet. Mm. And I, what I mean by that is just even, um. You know, because, you know, you're a dad now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that first, like, you know, four or five months, you're just trying to figure things out, yeah. make sure the baby stays alive, you know, and yeah. he's fed. Um, and for me, it was just, it, it wasn't until maybe, like, um, Eli was, like, maybe nine or ten months mm-hmm. where I really felt, like, 
connection with Eli or even like, um, I hesitate to say this because I don't want people to misunderstand Mm -hmm. me, but yeah, even to be like, yeah, it was totally worth it. Mm, Yeah. yeah. Um, because, uh, it wasn't until then where I think my body recovered Mm. and my mind recovered uh, from that traumatic time for me. And, um, but with Zoe, it was, it was much different because, um, Eli at that point was two. And I, I knew that, you know, Zoe was also going to be like this fun two-year-old one day, yeah, yeah. just like Eli. And um, yes, it's t- completely worth it. Yeah. It was completely worth it. I don't think I'm, I'm going to personally do it again, mm. but my two children were completely worth yeah. the nine months for both of them yeah. that I went through. And I, I know you, you were very careful about you know the way that you were phrasing that, but I think it's really great that we're talking about it mm. because... Like for us, me and Shirley, going into parenthood, mm-hmm. all we heard were the good things. Mm. Um, and any sign of negativity, I think we started thinking, are we doing something wrong? I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like almost like we were dis- disillusioned. Mm. And I, I think there should be more public conversations about you know, difficulties of becoming new parents, right? right? Especially for the mother because mm-hmm. their bodies go through change, the lifestyles change drastically. And it's, you're kind of tied into this new trend, like new stage of life, right? It's yeah. not like you can say, oh, I don't like it. So I'm just going right. to erase yes. this and like, go <laughs> do something else. You know, like you're kind of stuck with this baby, at least until the baby turns 18, right? Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's, yeah. I'm glad you said that because... I'm glad you said that it took you, you know, nine to 10 months to really kind of get back into it Mm -hmm. uh, because I I want people out there to know Um, for new parents. I want them to know that it's, it's okay if it takes a little bit of time to get back into it. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, even, I even have been telling people this year. Mm. um, So Zoe is uh, 15 months now. And after she turned one, um, I kind of, it was, for me, I just kind of then started feeling back to myself again. Mm. I think for both babies, it took me about a year to uh, feel whole, mm. you know, even spiritually and mm. physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, so I've been kind of joking around with people that, yeah, 2020 is a new year for me. You know, I'm doing podcasts and I'm do- <laughs> you know doing all kinds of stuff. But um, yeah, I... I agree with you. And um, I know, again, this sounds a little bit silly, but uh, even the social media world, thankfully, nowadays, there are moms that are more real. And it is really encouraging, you know, to to see that. Um, But definitely within our community, I think if we talk about it more, it's super helpful. uh, I'm glad, you know, I'm friends with your family and um, I'm glad that we can share that kind of life together too. Yeah, yeah. It's different for everybody. So absolutely, I, yes. I will say this: Shirley is super lucky because her birth was—I mean, her pregnancy was relatively easy. Yes, yes. Um, her the birth was relatively easy and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's gonna be different for everybody. So I, if anyone were to look at Shirley and say, "Wow, it was so easy for her. Why is it so difficult for me?" Mm. I would be very sad. I see. You know yes. what I mean? Like, I, I want them to know and understand that 
no, it's, it's a, you, you are unique. You're mm-hmm. in a unique situation. Yeah. yeah. So if it's more difficult for you, that's just your situation. But that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Definitely. That doesn't mean that, you know, it wasn't worth it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, one thing uh, I wanted to ask about uh, a motherhood is your husband uh-huh. is full-time working. Yes. Right. And he is also a pastor. Yes. You are also a pastor. I am. Right. So there's a lot going on <laughs> with your family, right? Yes. So how do you kind of, how do you divvy up, you know, duties in your household? Mm-hmm. And like, how, how do you guys juggle all these different things that you have to do? And, and also, if you can touch on kind of the dynamic of, you know, being two pastors at the same church in different ministries. Mm-hmm. Um. So just to touch on the the last question, yeah. uh, being pastors at the same church in two different ministries, um, I mean, it has its pros and cons, but for David and I, I feel like um, it's, it's more pros um, mm. because what's great is there is this natural flow, or there should be, right, from children's ministry to youth group. Yeah. And um, because of that, you know, even our teachers, they're all EM people, mm. English ministry people, and... Um, there is this, um, synergy, I think that's starting to happen Mm. in the, just in the last year, I feel like, um, David and I can communicate betterly, better lead. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's not a word, but, uh, better ways to kind of, you know, excel in our ministries Mm. because we're working with the same group of people. Mm. Um, you know, our sixth graders, you know, my goal is that their transition to youth group would be a smooth one. And I think because David and I live in the same household and are married and we can talk more, we can actually, you know, communicate better on how we can do that. And so I really think it's a positive for us that we can be in two different ministries and um, be at the same church. Mm. So uh, that's been really good. I've only been doing children's ministries for maybe like two and a half years. Well, I mean, in a kind of an official capacity. In official capacity, But yes. you've been kind of involved. In church for a long, long time. Yes, right? yeah, for yeah. a long time. But mm. um, yeah, officially, mm. uh, I've worked under Pastor Joe, who was on with you, right? Yeah, yeah he yeah. was on with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, for two and a half years. I yes. see. Do you ever get competitive about... Because you, you guys have a shared resource pool for teachers, right? The English ministry. So do you ever get competitive about, I want this person to come to children's and David <laughs> say, no, I want him to come to you. Um, no, my husband's really good about that. Wow. Yeah, he's great. And just whatever I need, uh-huh. he just lets me have. Wow. So I'm very grateful. But honestly, at our church, um, we ha- these days, praise God, we have enough people that we don't have to share from the same pool. It's actually oh, different people. So I'm super thankful, which is, you know, would have been impossible like th- three, four years ago. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. now it's been really great. Wow. Yes. Wow. But that's a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was always on it. Okay. Oh, yeah. that only happens. Okay. So my husband, David also does praise team. Mm-hmm. So it does occasionally <laughs> happen with our praise team. I see. Yeah. So the youth team uh, leads worship for children's ministry. Uh-huh. And sometimes he needs to take people uh, for the uh, combined English ministry ser- service. Uh-huh. And when he does that, but doesn't tell me, I get a little <laughs> bit like, 
um, okay, yeah. like children's ministry is important too. Right, you can't just yeah. take people from my team. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only time that's like kind of comes up. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Yes. Well, what about the other dynamics of having to juggle all those things in your household? Um, mm, it's difficult. Mm. I think David is really good about it. Wow. He's really, um, he can be stretched really thin, mm. I think, and really far and um, be okay. Mm. Um, and I think that's because he really thrives in the areas that he is like working right now. So, you know, structural engineering, um, he doesn't like love his job per se because, you know, he would rather uh, be pursuing other passions but structural engineering he also does enjoy it i know he does because you know when he brings it home and talks about it like he is kind of a nerd i'm (laughs) like oh so you like what you do that's cool (laughs) and so you know he thrives in that area and then also when it comes to youth group and praise team and and worship and music Mm. um you know he loves it Mm. Um, and he loves our family, of course. And so he is able to do a lot of things. And he's very, uh, I don't know the word for that, but. Hmm. He's just very resourceful. Or sure. Yeah. I think that could be. A oh, good he word. has a high capacity. High capacity. Right. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. High <laughs> capacity to, uh-huh. to handle all those things. Me, um, just my like only childness and just, um my selfishness even, um, I, I have a limit, right? Mm. So there's a lot on our plate and I can go as far as David like asks me to go. Mm. Um, but a lot of times I retreat after like a certain amount of time, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think just, even though I'm really extroverted with my thoughts, but I think, in my personality, I do need like space and time for myself. Mm. So juggling that is kind of hard. Mm. I think for David, cause David, he can like be with people all the time and like be great and come home and still be great. But me, I just kind of shut down. So I think as far as juggling things, yeah. um, that's what's difficult for our family mm. is that there's this push and pull of like, oh, I don't want to do that. But yeah. then I also know that, um, that's what we're on this earth to do, right. if that makes sense. When I when it comes to ministry, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, meeting with people and um, having events at our home or having events at church, and so um, I feel very blessed. Mm. But you know, when my flesh is like, all right, enough, like, <laughs> is when it's difficult. Mm, but David's really good about kind of managing that f- with me, so I'm very thankful. Mm. Did I answer your question? That does. Uh, <laughs> no, that's great. I, no, because what that tells me is there is, you know, because you, you need to be willing to understand each other's needs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like David kind of understands that you do need time for yourself and he manages time so that you get time to kind of personally retreat. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, getting to this point in our relationship has taken some time. Mm, this. Yeah. We've been together for like 10 years this year. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a work in progress, Mm -hmm. but um, it's been fun, too. I think in this last three years, even just with our, you know, our babies now, too, and being able to do this kind of life together Mm. um, has been really great. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you. So one question that I I need to ask because it's been in my head. Uh Uh-huh. 
Do you ever feel like you'll go back into coaching? Oh, so skating? that's a good question. Um, I want to. Huh. I, I think it would be great. Um, so coaching, again, was a very pivotal pivotal sorry i'm having trouble speaking (laughs) um pivotal time of my life Mm. um because so i don't really i never really liked kids uh i mean i don't hate them Uh and i love my kids but i wasn't really a kid person like Mm. like i didn't want to hang out with the kids um but coaching changed that Uh. yeah so Before I was a children's pastor, Mm -hmm. I was a coach, right? And so a majority of my students were probably like nine and under. Wow. And I loved it. Mm. And God really like opened my heart to love children Mm. and even like uh, learn how they tick, you Mm. know, learn how they think and like the best ways to... um, relate to them Mm. and teach them things and new things. And so that actually set me up for being a children's pastor. Wow. Yeah. And so um, as far as coaching goes, I would love to return back, but it's a lot of work. Mm. Um, And I also really enjoy being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And um, unless, you know, my kids are old enough to go to school or take care of themselves i think it'll be a little while before i jump back into the skating world i see yeah because i mean uh, i i just asked because you're at the highest level now you're level seven (laughs) that's that's no joke you have very uh credible and uh excellent credentials right to be a coach oh thank you yeah you make me sound so awesome (laughs) (laughs) you know uh so me and Jonathan Choi, uh-huh. we, we would joke around whenever someone found out you used to do ice skating. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Our immediate go-to would be, yeah, she she was this close to the Olympics. My <laughs> gosh, don't tell people that. No, it's but, not even true. But now knowing <laughs> that you were level seven, that's not that well, far off. Well, no, that it is. There's no. a lot of people that are level seven. No, yes. but <laughs> you are amongst the greatest of the greats in level seven. So, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I was just wondering if that was still kind of part of what you wanted to do and uh what you were looking forward to so it's kind of just i guess as of now up in the air up in the air yes yeah. yes up in the yeah. air and then selfishly i ask because um, I, I have a daughter uh-huh. and it, it'd be great for her to learn ice skating oh no when <laughs> aisley is old enough i will teach her <laughs> oh, for free you. yes <laughs> no, no no i can't no i can't let uh, level, level seven teach my kids for free. No. Oh my gosh, we'll do group lessons with my <laughs> kids. It'll be good. Yeah. Um, any, was there anything else that uh, we, we were going to talk about that I missed? Mm, I'm not, I don't think so. Okay. I think we, I talked a lot. No, this was really <laughs> great. I actually learned a lot about you that I, I didn't know before. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. and, uh, yeah I, I think I the, the one big part I really appreciate about your story is kind of the ability to take hardships and turn it around and and see the full picture of what God's doing in your Mm -hmm. life. Because you've done that with ice skating. You've done that with, you know, becoming a a, a mom. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's because when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's so hard to say. So hard to say. It's so difficult. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, just, just the fact that uh, we have people like you in our community who've already done it. I think um, it should be very encouraging and inspirational for people going through it 
going through it right now. Mm. And just knowing that at the end of the day, um, yeah, God's got a bigger plan for you. God's got a story for you. So you, you never know how your hardships can be redeemed Definitely. at the end of the day. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And you know, like, if it had worked out any other way, like say I gone, went to the Olympics or... Mm. or yeah, I guess that was the only thing. Go mm-hmm. to the Olympics or even gone to college somewhere else. Um, I would not have met David, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I would not have my kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things. But yeah. yes, thank you for acknowledging that. It's really encouraging for me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Oh, actually, one thing I wanted to add before we uh, closed out the episode is you're doing something very interesting for your birthday. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. yes. Um, and this, it's actually really, it was really good timing uh-huh. because um, the organization that you're working with, uh, The Collective Effect, yes. we had the founder on not that long ago. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who, who, Christina is a very close friend of yours. Yes, Christina is a very close friend of mine. Yeah. Um, we met in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, so for my birthday, uh, she, as she've talked about on, her, on your podcast mm-hmm. before, uh, she's building a well in Iriri, Uganda. Mm-hmm. And um, for my birthday, I'm trying to raise money for this well, mm-hmm. to build this well. And um, yes, I that's what I want for my birthday. I realized recently that I live such a blessed life Mm. and um when David asked me what I want for my birthday I couldn't answer him because God has provided everything I need and if not God David David provides everything (laughs) I need um so I felt like this was something that was needed Mm. and it's not honestly I know as I'm talking it kind of sounds like I'm doing something uh, for myself um and I and I can see how it could be viewed that way um however I really am excited and already encouraged because my birthday is just a few weeks out Mm -hmm. but already people um have had the same heart as me and wanting to do something to help these people that don't have access to clean water and yeah people are already contributing to this well in my birthday gift so um if we stop today i would be super thrilled but we we don't have to you Mm. know i still have a couple more weeks for my birthday so thanks for bringing it up if anyone would like to donate to my birthday present you can venmo the collective effect and if you put uh for blair's birthday in the memo then, you know, we'll just get to know how much we raised mm. and how much our community raised for this well yeah. in Uganda. Yeah. So if any part of Blair's story today inspired you, inspired you or encouraged, sorry, encouraged <laughs> you, um, please, please, because uh, it's, it's not just for Blair's birthday, right? It's for her birthday, but it's also going to be life-changing for the people of Erie, Uganda. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, please donate. Please yes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you don't even have to put for Blair's birthday. You know, just donate. No, it's no, fine. Put, no put for Blair's <laughs> birthday. We want to see. Because, yeah. you know, like she she was on the podcast, you know, she <laughs> shared her story with us. You know, I feel like yeah, you, it's appropriate for you to show that appreciation in the form of a donation. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yes, the collective effect is doing great things. Yeah. So even I just hearing her story, mm-hmm. even though I know it, but hearing it in uh, your interview with her was so awesome. And um, ag- again, just inspiring for my yeah. life. So. And thank you for the connection, because without you and David, we would have never had that connection to contact uh, Christina. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah. course, of yeah. course. Well, uh, yeah, um, anything else? 
Did we no. miss anything? Okay. I don't think so. Great. Well, yeah, thank you so much for being on. Um, and guys, if you have any feedback for us, any, any questions or any just encouraging words for either of us, uh, you can contact us at ihthcpodcast at gmail.com. That's I hope to hear this abbreviated at gmail.com. Or I hope to hear this abbreviated podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at I hope to hear this or on Twitter at IHTHT podcast and on YouTube. Uh, the, the video will be on <laughs> YouTube. Uh, just look up. I, I hope to hear this. And again, please, uh, people of Erie, Uganda, they do yes. desperately need a well. Thank so you. any little bit helps. Um, so uh, Venmo, the collective effect in the memo put for Blair's birthday. Well, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.